you really proved yourself if you got thrown out of an office because we would cold call build cold call companies in person. And I did get thrown out a couple times. Yeah. All these SDRs crying about getting hung up on. How about getting actually physically removed from a building? <laughs> like yeah. how soft are we now? I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty free shit, people. That's what we do. We are back. I am Puyan, the CEO and co-founder at Scratchpad here with my awesome co-host, Ross. AKA the Corp Bro. And we're here uh, with our dear friend, Lori Richardson, who has spent time at a number of large companies in sales positions from the bottom to the top. Maybe we just focus on for a second what you're doing right now. And I know you've, you, there's a lot that you've done to get to the place that you are. I have a sales consultancy now called Score More Sales, and it's actually my 17th or 18th year. So I help companies solve their sales issues, mostly mid-sized companies, large SMB companies. Also, about seven years ago, I saw that everyone I was working with was male. So I just started doing research on it and created Women's Sales Pros. That's another thing that I'm really passionate about. Maybe we go back and see, how did you get here? My grandmother had a women's apparel store and I ended up learning about sales by watching my grandmother in action. She was very successful. She was kind of the talk of the town. She had fashion shows and, you know, she was kind of a, kind of a big deal in a little town. Well, it was in Seattle. She was like Lululemon. She was the OG Lululemon. She was. She was amazing. She was Lula. And then I went on to to become a teacher. And then I became a single parent. I got married, got pregnant, uh, got divorced. And I was a single parent on a teacher's salary. And I couldn't support my family. And so I thought, what could I do? What could I do? What could I do? And through you know, a convoluted path, I thought maybe I can sell something that's, that's tech related because tech was really booming. And what, what is it that helps you get to where you are now? Because there's probably a lot of folks listening that are maybe at that point in the first few years and trying to figure out where is the light here? Yeah, I've thought about it. And I believe that one of the things that helped me a lot was that my first sales job was with a really great group of people and people can take you a long way. You know, if you, if your colleagues, your coworkers are, are not just fun, but smart and able to get things done. Um, it was just a wonderful place. And it didn't matter that I was a woman. I worked with other women. I worked with men. It was no big deal. Um, but it was my next job that I wanted to go to this company that had bigger opportunity, you know, more pay, more just bigger future with working with corporate clients. And they had never hired a woman in sales. You know, they kind of begrudgingly <laughs> brought me on, I think maybe to try me out. But within three months, 90 days, I closed a multimillion dollar deal. And it was a deal that they would not have gotten um, had I not been there. And which is a good feeling because you know that you weren't just lucky, you know, it was, there was timing and, you know, there's a lot of things going on, but it, 
that those things combined, I think really set the stage for me. I have a question for you because you sold during the, what many consider the golden age of the late eighties, early nineties. And I, you know, obviously yeah. I, I, I miss that, but like, I would love, could you set the scene? Like, what was that like going to work? What was sales like then? And I'll just add, like, did anyone yeah. get get on you for for not updating next steps or like your CRM being update? <laughs> did that even exist? I had a Rolodex, you know, one of those, you know, spinner deals. Real one. But my point of view is coming from as a single parent. So I miss probably some of the wild and crazy things that might have gone on. But also, you know, I wasn't in Silicon Valley. I was in Seattle it was pretty laid back back then, pre-Amazon days. And, you know, we just, we worked hard. And and the funny thing is that I hear people today, like I heard this a week or so ago, where people are talking about, we well, have to focus on the buyer now, right? Well, we did that in the 80s. We focus on the buyer because that's how we help them. We help them buy. The difference was that they had to come to us for information. What was the office like? Like what was like a day in the life? Well, the first the first company I worked for in downtown Seattle, um, I hadn't. I was first in inside sales, and so people would call us, and you know they'd pass around the leads. You know they call it a red call. You got a red call on line one, and um, and then you got eventually. Inbounds? Yeah, we had inbounds. Wow. Real live inbounds, like people on the phone, <laughs> like trying to like buy yeah. your stuff. Wow television and newspaper advertising. That's why wow. I remember at one point I had a zip code and it was the Columbia Tower building, which might be called something different now, but it was the tallest building in Seattle. And so the whole thing was that you, you really proved yourself if you got thrown out of an office because we would cold call, build, cold call companies in person. And I did get thrown out a couple times. Um, yeah. All these SDRs no. crying about getting hung up on. How about getting actually physically removed from a building? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. how soft are we now? It's, I don't know. Show up. I'm so curious to hear about your perspectives on the reps today. What is What comes to mind when you hear, like, the complaints around, oh, I got to pick up the phone and call? You know, I... I have a lot of empathy for people and, and I, I try to put myself in people's shoes. I also want to help educate people. And when it comes to sales, you know, some people are in bad jobs in, you know, they're selling products or services that are, are not great. Lori, at what point did you move on and say, you know, I'm, I'm in sales right now, but it's time to move on and, and, do something different. Yeah, my my last corporate job, um, I came in as a 35th employee and I was there, I was about the 380th employee and there were rumblings that we were going to go public or get acquired or something. And I had gone from being an inside sales manager because I built an inside sales team at this last company to running the corporate university. So I caught wind of the fact that we were getting acquired and that we, the company that was acquiring us was much bigger and already had the corporate university that I had developed. They had something much bigger. And so I thought, I don't want to sell again. I don't want to manage again. What could I do? So I asked when I, I got downsized and I asked them if they would be my client. So they liked what I did. They just didn't want to pay me 
you know, all the money I was making. So, um, so that's when I started my company was, you know, just out of that, um, that circumstance, I got my, my prior company to be my first client. Is that something you had in mind? Was that part of the plan or did that just emerge as a viable path? No, it's, it's funny. My plan was to come out. Um, I, I moved from Boston, from Seattle to Boston, um, for a different reason. And my plan was to go back, uh, to the West coast. So it, it was a, I think that they knew that I wasn't in it for, you know, long term, And that's probably why I was one of the people. What keeps you coming back to sales? Maybe I'm quirky. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to see or hear what are the trends you're seeing now compared to, I mean, you, you were talking about, you know, Ross was describing the, the olden days of sales, if you will. And you were saying, you know, back then it was the companies had never even hired women in sales. And and now I feel like, well, not where I, yeah, not where you work, but I mean, you said some, some other companies. So are you yeah. seeing that still today where some companies have that mindset? You wouldn't think that there are issues today that women still have to be concerned about. There's, there's really crazy, crazy stuff that's still going on. And, um, but what I do see is that there are some great companies out there that have really stepped up, that have made it a point to tell people that they're all about diversity and inclusion and that they welcome people to come bring your whole self and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that makes those bad companies obvious, you know, and people talk and people say where to work and where not to go um, because of that. What do you think it'll take for the numbers to actually start changing? There's a ton of opportunities out there. I think that there are a lot of women that I've talked to at the college level and even high school that have never heard of a B2B sales career. I didn't know what a business development consultant did. I just ended up at Oracle and I found out that it was sales <laughs> on day one when I did cold calling training. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? What, what advice would you give to folks who now have a fair amount of sales experience and are looking to leverage it elsewhere? You know, that's the great thing about sales is that you can, you can do so many different things. You can, you know, rise to be a CEO. You, you can go to another company, go to a competitor, you know, go somewhere else and, and, and get into a role that you want utilizing those sales skills to, to sell your ideas to people. Or you can, um, you know, you could start your own company and you'll have the sales abilities that you, that a first time you know founder needs. That it's like the biggest aha moment people seem to have after they've started a company. Like who's going to sell? Yep. <laughs> Nobody knows how to sell anything. Two questions that we like to ask everyone that comes onto the show. Um, number one is what's your what's your hype song? It, it's funny because. I like jazz, but anything with an upbeat tempo uh, is going to get me going. I don't have a single song that I have to, I mean, I've, I've been speaking for 10 years and I don't have a song that I walk on the stage. It's okay. I listen to a lot of jazz too. Usually when I'm writing, well, almost entirely when I'm writing. Well, if one stands out, we'll get some jazz on the playlist, but if there's one that stands out, send it on over to us. But what about your, what about the recovery song, the gut punch song? You know, jazz gives makes me creative. It gives me creative ideas, I guess. So maybe that doesn't even fit at all. But it's but upbeat when I'm selling, you know, when I'm making something happen and then 
jazz if I'm writing. For anybody listening, before you go, where can people find you? What are you working on? You know, let's hear all the things that you've got going on and we'll end up linking everything. Womensalespros.com uh, or womensalespros on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, also, score more sales. Same thing. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Conversations with women in sales. It's on iTunes, elsewhere. And you can find it from the Women's Sales Pros website. That's where I'd love for people to, you know, if, if you hear an episode, you know, we'd love to get a, get a nice five-star review on iTunes. It's always helpful. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. Well, there you yeah. have it, everyone. Lori Richardson. Yeah.